This is Logan Michael Scott, one of the two hosts of the Reasonable Anger podcast with your final warning that this is, in fact, an explicit podcast and that the views and opinions expressed are at the discretion of both of the hosts. So if you have a problem with it, you can go fuck yourself. Welcome to the second episode of Reasonable Anger Podcast in Season 2. I am your host, Logan Michael Scott. I'm your other host, Tarek Habib Ghadar. Logan, how'd you like issuing your uh, first explicit content warning? Oh, it was great. I uh, got a feedback from Twitter. I had my first Twitter troll of all time. If uh, you are that listener, I am proud of you. I deleted your comment without replying on purpose. So um, if to the person who called me a bad word... In reference to my article from last time, I'm really, really actually happy. That means you have paid attention to what I said. So thank you, above all. Um, but yeah, we are back after a couple weeks. It's been a rough couple weeks. We are back recording from, what's the studio called? The new studio called, Tarek? This is River Ridge Studios. River Ridge Studios. Yeah. Gate the Studios has been left in the dust, unfortunately. It served us great for a year, but we're on to bigger and better things in season two. Uh, we we hope to have a little bit more engagement with our fans in the season yes, two. Yes. So please, as a prior thing, please feel free to contact us via Facebook and Twitter. Um, any other commentary that you may provide on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud where we can currently be found. Yeah, you can also uh, rate us on any of those things as well if you want. If you rate us as one star, please be sarcastic about it. DJ, we are looking at you. Please provide us the liquid swords that you so demand. Um, it's liquid thing, swords? A thing he's been saying. Anyway, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to dive right in to what we wanted to do last time, which is our summer in review. Being off for so long, Tark, we need to go through this amazing summer that we had. Yes, it's officially fall now. It is. And last time we talked about a little bit of the summer that uh, he and I had, but we want to talk about the summer that the world had. We... You know, summer has long gone. The leaves are changing, not here in Texas, but in most of the country. No. It's still 90 degrees here in Texas. Yeah, it's great. But uh, the one thing I want to talk about from the summer months has been the uh, the weird turn in politics that things have taken, Tarek. Is that... We're going with weird? Oh, uh, well, we'll put it in weird because we'll there's strange. No, there's no real adjective to describe it. Yeah, there isn't. No, I like strange because I always uh, view weird as a positive. Oh, okay. Uh... And this has not been positive. Oh, okay. Yeah, this has only been negative, in my opinion. There, and I think the facts prove it's been negative. I think that the uh, the president, the current president we have, his approval rating has been all over the place from about 42% to 33%. Uh, still the lowest rating in the first year of presidency since... Um, oh, I can't remember who the first the other one was, but it was somebody that... A, a dead person. Yeah, probably. A dead person. Yeah, probably that somebody that you or I could never name. But there are four living, more well, more than four living presidents. There, there are five living presidents. Well, Carter, with, with Jimmy Carter, Carter, Clinton, Carter, both Bush, Bushes. Bush, Clinton, Obama, yeah, Trump. Fuck, he's the president. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's six living presidents, and Trump's approval ratings in the first year are worse than all of them. So I'm going to go through a list of things that happened politically for the next two or three minutes. And I just want a one-word answer out of you, nothing more, nothing less. You ready? That is difficult, but I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. We're going to start off with a hard one. Uh, response to Charlton, Charles, Charleston, Virginia. Nazi. Nazi. Okay. Um, how about uh, private golf outings? Fuck. Okay. That's good, too. Um, how about um, G8 Summit? Macron. Macron. All right. Um, 
North Korea. Fuck. Uh, we're using that a lot these days. Good. Um, let's see. I think I think that's uh, if that's the, what we're gonna go off with with the back and <laughs> forth. I think we can just summarize the summer in politics as fuck. Oh, how about uh, McCain's vote on the first health care bill? Thank God. I know that's two words. That's fine. But well, thank God. Well, kind of is one. Yeah. Shout out to Murkowski, McCain, and I think Collins. Uh, Murkowski, McCain, Collins. Yeah. Uh, shout out to them for for being sane. We all know that Lisa Murkowski is a heartthrob of my life. That's yep. not named Kinsey Wall. Uh, Kinsey Wall Scott. Sorry. Yeah. That was no, a new I mean, name. Um, but yeah, Lisa Murkowski. Uh, we, Alaskan Senator Lisa Murkowski. She is so VIP wonderful. of our all of our hearts. Well, uh, her and I Especially have, Logan. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Her. <laughs> Liquid swords. <laughs> Logan just burped on air. It's fine. Um, and that's really funny. But yeah. yeah. Her, uh, McCoskey and I have lunch every time we go to D.C. So uh, she is a heartthrob. But McCain's uh, floppy-handed response to was the health care bill was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a bill that didn't make sense. But also this summer we had, what's your response one-worded to the second health care bill that failed? <laughs> okay. Just a single laugh. Wonderful. Um and yeah, that's all we will talk about that. It was a terrible bill. But um, how about your response to Donald Trump tweeting about uh, tweeting about North Korea? Not North Korea, the thing itself, but his tweets that have provoked North Korea to Death. declare war. Death. Okay. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the rest of the summer review in review. Um, how have you felt about the albums that have come out this summer? What's been your favorite one? Uh, seasons by nezi momodu okay she's a uh, local mc out of uh, texas and if you are missing the golden age of rap you know the biggie the tupac all that um but you want a little bit of the new trap beats and trap sounds she's the one to go to for sure okay so nezi nezi uh, at nezifa on twitter n-e-z-i-f-a-h i am not being paid in any way to plug her or anything but that's my favorite album of the summer uh by far yeah what about you logan uh my favorite album of the summer actually has been a revisitation of uh sound and color by alabama shakes i haven't really found an entire a new album the entire summer that i have thoroughly enjoyed gary clark jr will release will release an album here in the next coming months but yeah. other than that i didn't find anything that i thoroughly enjoyed what'd you feel about lord's new album uh, well, we plugged Lord's album over yeah. the summer, and we both agreed that it was, uh, for different reasons, we loved it to all to pieces. Yeah. Um, for yeah. me, I love the emotional, raw emotion feeling in the lyrics, and I think Tarek enjoyed the uh, little bit more of the whole concept of the album. Yeah, the whole when you dump your basic ex boy, like your basic ex boyfriend, you get unshackled, and and. Uh, you 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 actually get like this this freedom from her that we didn't get before, so yeah that's a that's a close a very close second for my you know favorite album of the summer. Exactly, um, yeah. we had a lot of things go on in the world of uh, sports this summer. Also, we had the home run derby in which Aaron Judge, the rookie, the baby bomber himself, yeah, he so seems to have found his form. He came back after yeah. the world the the home run derby and he won the home run derby, going away. Uh, also, Giancarlo Stanton, the Miami... Slugger out of Miami, yeah. Yeah, the slugger out of Miami. Almost hit 60 home runs. The first time that would have happened in a summer in years. Um, really, since Roger Maris did it in 61. 
because right. uh, there were some other people that did it in the early 90s and in the 2000s, but they also used this thing called anabolic steroids. Um, the thing that if I would have used it, I maybe, you know, uh, could have reached five foot nine. Um, <laughs> but yes, the the sports over the summer was, was a great amount of fun. We had good races in baseball. The Cleveland Indians went on a massive 22 or 21 game win streak to That's set right. the, the major yeah. league record. The Astros. The American League rest, record. Yeah. Astros won their uh, division. The Astros did. Uh, and, which is, you know, sports has always been plugged as a unifying sort of uh, thing in the wake of, of tragedies such as Hurricane Harvey. Um, and I don't think any city needed something to, to cheer up for more than, than, than Houston did, um, other than the Florida towns and, and Puerto Rico, of course. But Houston, the Houston sports scene has really done a lot financially and uh, with success on the, on the field or, you know, diamond as well. Well, I to, think to, to help Houston out here. I think that that's a that's a, a big thing that happened this summer is we had the summer of all hurricanes, and we talked yeah. about a little bit on the last podcast, but we still have Harvey and Irma and all of these Maria, Maria, Maria the one that, all of these things that are yeah. impacting around the world. So um, that's been a major major indicator of where yeah. the world is currently is yeah. the the devastation that's been happening because yeah. of that. And we'll come back to that in a, a little later in the pod. Exactly. Addressing um, responses and whatnot. And how, how things have occurred since fall actually has hit. Yeah, so another major thing that happened this summer, in, in just recently really, in award season that we're coming into, is our good old friend Sean Spicer rolled onto the scene yet again. God damn it. I don't know why you're upset about that. He's on I'm his upset, he's on man. his redemption he tour. He doesn't deserve a redemption tour. He does though. He had the no. hardest job in America. He did. He did. But I mean, and I, no one's doing that. But like, I'm all for a redemption tour. But he still is defending the president after having. I don't. A, I would. I would disagree. He's not defending the president. He's defending what he did for said, the president. I never knowingly lied about anything Trump said, and some of the shit which is defending it, himself, not the president. And, and but that. That's some weak shit. I'm sorry. When you when you do that, I'm not going to be into your redemption tour. I don't find him to be the lovable loser that everyone wants him to be. I'm not into it. That's all. I mean, that's my opinion. I'm really, really not into it. And I I get the comedic value it provided at the Emmys, but I wasn't into it at all. I wasn't into it at all. That's fine. I I want I want spicy. I want spicy back. I want spicy on late night television. I want <sighs> spicy on you know I have an addiction to spice. You do, and I have an addiction to spicy. Yeah. I want him back on the podium somewhere somehow. I just, I really, I really would love for him to assume his old job from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, so that I, you know, that he goes back to me seeing him in the in the environment that he's still kind of plugging, which is the whole I never knowingly lied shit. I'm not into it. Well, Shuckabee really, really is not she doing well. She is terrible. She is very cold. Yeah, she is not only. <laughs> Not only that, but she is also just blatantly so just dumb. I wouldn't say she's dumb. She just acts as if uh. she is not in. She's not in the no. She's not even sitting in the bushes watching the outside. Just like anything that is related to Mike Huckabee doesn't need to be representing this country. Dear God, no. You and know, if I said that, Huckabee would come down from the good Lord in heaven and come smite me. But. Um, like Ed, she's. I am. I am the first person to say the child should not pay for the sins of their father, or 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 mother or parent. But this person has is on the same path, so his sins are hers now. 
Well, how do you feel about um, what? Who could we trade Sarah Huckabee Sanders for? Um, like, put yourself in the mind of Sam Presti. Who would you trade okay. Sarah Huckabee Sanders for? To be on, oh, the Mooch. The Mooch. The Mooch. Yeah, I. The Mooch. First of all, also you want to talk thing, about our redemption tour. This summer. Yes, but that is how you redeem yourself. Okay. He's not on anything as mainstream as Spicy was with the Emmys, but the Mooch went out and he's kind of doing. If someone asked him a question about what went on, he's telling it like it was. So someone asked him, "Hey, why is uh, Tom Brady? Why did he not visit the White House?" Tom Brady. And he said, "Well, it's because he used to date Ivanka Trump." And that's the shit we need to know. That's the stuff on your redemption tour. That's what I want to know because you were in the most to- in the in the most toxic administration of certainly my lifetime. I don't need to hear about how you uh, didn't knowingly lie. I need to hear about the most toxic administration of my lifetime. And that's okay. what the Mooch is doing. Is he's going out and if someone asks him a question, he answers it. Or he says, fuck you, I'm not going to answer that. He's not trying to be a lovable person on a redemption. But the point is that he brought sports into politics and politics into sports. And we have to talk about sports because some things have happened. Well, the big thing is like, you know, if if you were Sam Preston, and you were trading political actors, you would trade Shuckabee Sanders for the Mooch. Yeah. Cuz the Mooch is currently on low-key TV, low-key talk shows, which is where Shuckabee belongs. See, but that's not what Presty does. Presty brings in mediocre talent or ships out mediocre talent for the the big dance. And uh, over the summer he brought in Paul George. Yeah. To the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit. And for getting, peanuts. Getting PG3 for Victor Oladipo yeah. and DeMontis yeah. Sabonis. Um, but recently, he's pulled off another trade. A heist. A heist. Please, let's call it what it is. Let's, and it is a heist. Let's proceed it with one single thing. I am sad with my home team to see Ennis Cantor leave the city. I love Ennis Cantor. He was a stash bro. He lived with the Kiwi. And he loved... And he loved OKC and OKC loved him. Yes, and that's um, really all you can ask for in a professional athlete is that he loves the town he plays for. If we're being honest, and and when he gets his contract up, I would see him going back to Oklahoma, Oklahoma City on a minimum solely to live there. He was so ingrained in the city, and the city showed him so much love when he was going through all the stuff he was dealing with, yeah. with his family having disowned him because of er- President Erdogan in Turkey yeah. actually having, um, you know imprisoning his father and all of these things he's been extradited from his home and oklahoma city became a home to him so yeah. i'm sorry to see Innis Cantor go but in doing that we shipped Innis Cantor and dougie mcthunder buckets out for this player named carmelo anthony yeah yeah which if ennis and see Adams? dougie and dougie live up to their potential it will not look as such a heist it will not look to be such a heist but you know, Doug has yet to, I think, find a system that works for him. Um, well, he's, I, even he's a six did, foot nine shooting forward that can't play yeah. defense. Yeah, and I think he can. I think I've listened to some people, Zach Lowe from ESPN, say that he can rise to the slightly below average defender level if he tries, and he will find a shot and he'll start knocking down more shots. Even though he's been shooting at a respectable clip, just not good enough to justify him on the floor. That's true, and, um, and from the Thunder's perspective, when you have Alex Abrinas, who has risen to an average defender yeah. and a and a better shooter, set shooter, um, which is what Russell Westbrook needs. Yeah. Um, 
specifically off the bench, it made sense why he became expendable, even though he had the best nickname on the Thunder, being best Dougie nickname. McThunderbuckets. And before that, he had, it was Dougie McBuckets, which is still an all-time nickname as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But um, trading him for Hoodie Mello was a heist dude, by Sam Preston. Absolutely. So we need yeah. to go ahead and make the claim right now that both of us will say for the rest of our lives until we are proven wrong, in Presti we trust. In Presti? No, I mean, look, that's the thing. Everyone outside of Oklahoma City was bitching about Presti not, you know, not doing well. Because the Harden trade. And the trade. thing is, well, because of the Harden trade. But honestly, you look at what James Harden's brought to Houston, and it is not... It is not better than what Russ and KD were able to accomplish, and now even what Russ is going to be able to accomplish with these players. I mean, Harden has been proven, as good and talented as he is, to be a, a mildly toxic presence in a locker room. He can't get it done. He is just it? can't get it done when it counts most. And that is something you will never hear me say about Russell Westbrook because that guy has never taken a minute off in his life. And he, he did take the summer off, but that was to become a father. Exactly. I mean, life, that's life. He very, didn't take a minute very, off in his very life. Very fair thing to do. But my words were, he has not taken a minute off in his life. He stopped the NBA season to become a father. Very fair. There's no time off there. And before that, he was father to a, a marvelous pet iguana. That's true. You know? Uh, walking around <laughs> Oklahoma City. I'm just saying, like, Harden, I'm, in, in hindsight, the whole Harden trade thing is looking... It will be looked back on, yes... We lost Oklahoma City, lost a talented player, but was it really that bad? Until Harden wins a title in Houston, if Harden wins a title, if Harden Houston. wins a title, well, I, as a Houston Rockets fan, I hope that he does. Now we have Chris Paul, and I'm hoping that that will work. I'd take that shape to the moon, but yeah. yeah, and and you know, if Harden wins a title in Houston, then we can look back to Oklahoma City and say, what the fuck did you do? But I don't think it's gonna happen. I think Harden leaves Houston. And wins a title elsewhere. If he ever wins a title, I mean, he's cursed by Little B. He's cursed by the base he is god. Cursed. He we is cursed. We are fucked. And and when Little B cursed Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes immediately apologized. This is true. He immediately apologized. Little B lifted the curse and said, "Thank you for your respect." And the Warriors won a title. And the Warriors won a title. The curse is real. The curse is real. So, anyways, in Presti we trust absolutely. I mean, I've I've really admired the way he drafts. I've really admired this summer, I think, in free agency. He really... I think he, I think if he's not the GM of the year at the end of the year, there's a problem. That means I agree. that somebody got hurt or he, he signed Russell Westbrook to a $205 million contract and then shipped him out for uh, Kevin Durant to Golden State. I think the only way he doesn't win uh, GM of the year is if every international asset that the Spurs have cashes in this year. Okay, fair. That's the only way. That's it. And that's not going to happen. I mean, it, it, it's very unlikely. I mean, I would love to see it happen. I love international basketball. I love seeing international players succeed in the NBA because I hate the AAU system and the talent, like the way talent is brought up in the U.S. I truly hate it. It's ruined college basketball and it's slowly on its way to ruining the NBA. So let's 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 go through that real quick because it was announced this evening that LeVar Ball is going to pull his son LaMelo the number seven ranked player in the ESPN 100 from high school to train him for his last two years before he goes to quote unquote UCLA. Um, how do you feel personally about that decision um, from a, pulling a child that is 16 years old um, out of a high school setting with the social aspect, with the development aspect, 
um, with the intent that he will be an NBA player one day. Is he pulling him out to train him himself? Yes. Then that's the dumbest decision I've ever heard of. Why? Because I don't... I trust in LeVar Ball as some as a viral quality, as a viral asset. I trust him because look at what has happened. He has willed his son to the Lakers. You know, he, he, has, he has raised his kids to, you know, say what you will about LeVar. Um, Lonzo Ball has only been respectful on air except to hip-hop legends. That's but that's true. another thing, right? That's also being 18. It's also being just a, a complete fucking child and a dumbass to disrespect Nas, like go, like go go listen to Illmatic and 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 fucking cry yourself to sleep before you fucking come at Nas. Uh, no, but I mean every time uh, Lonzo Ball has been on air, he hasn't badmouthed his father, and he's only been respectful to the host of the show, and he hasn't talked a big game or anything. Well, and Lon- Lonzo is currently the face of one of the biggest franchises in the country. That's true. Um, like if you if you look at sports franchises in this country, going you know sport to sport, it's the New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, toe and toe. You want to be the shortstop for the Yankees. You want to be the center fielder for the Red Sox. Yeah. You want to be the quarterback for the Cowboys. You want to be the point guard for the Lakers. Like and Lonzo now is eighteen, filling those shoes. Yeah. And I think that I honestly feel like he's handled his business very, very well. I think he's going to do very well. I, I, I'm rooting for him, honestly. I mean, but back to the original point of why I think LeVar Ball shouldn't be training his son. Anybody who was such a bad player in college is not justified in thinking they're that good. Well, you can have bad players that are good, good coaches. coaches. I agree, but where's but- his... Pet coaching pedigree. Well, the big where thing is his training pedigree. Even that. Where is the um, my biggest thing is where does the line between father and coach go? If you if you trust your father if you trust your father wholeheartedly to be your coach, does that detract or diminish from his ability to be a father or a coach? Um, does he become your agent by that point? Because he is, he is, he is there. He agent. is, he I is mean, selling Zoe, Zoe twos for $500 a pop. And, and people have bought them. I mean, none of them have shipped yet. That's a whole nother issue, but here's my thing. I have no problem with the kid getting pulled out of high school because he knows he's going to play basketball and that's it. I mean, I'm all for an education, but, and this is a capitalist society where you should be able to capitalize on it. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, that's their family's decision. It's not. It's not me. I'm not the parent. I'm not making that decision for him. Don't train him yourself. Send him overseas. Have him get some international, like Serge Ibaka, like so, like countless other top prospects that have come and succeeded in the NBA. It's because they had the talent. They went overseas or they went to Europe. Well, look they at, played in a professional system. They came back. Look at the style of ball that Europe is playing and where the where the NBA is going, and yeah. you'll see the trend that you need to see in NBA point guards like. Look at guards like Chris, or not guards. Look at fours like Chris Porzingis. Yep. Jer, or Jersef Nokic. The, Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, the yes. the Latvian the Latvian crew that yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all those guys, they are, are big stretch fours that can dribble the ball out front. Um, look at Ricky Rubio, as good of a point guard as he is, he doesn't get the credit of being a point guard. But um, in terms of being a master yeah. general on the floor, he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, when you look at foreign assets that come into the NBA, they very rarely are bad players. This is They're true. at least average. 
Look at Patty Mills. Generous. Patty Mills. I mean, Dante Exum has yet to prove himself. The only bad player I can think of so far is like Jose Calderon, and even he had a huge ceiling. And even he and he was a starter on the Toronto Raptors for a long time until they got Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and then I mean he started for the I'm pretty sure the Pistons for a year. Yep. I mean he's been shopped around the league because he's not that good. I mean that's just his problem. But you look at the Gasol brothers, you look at the Latvian crew, look you at look at Dennis Schrader who was arrested for you know domestic battery. But yeah, I mean um, cock meat sandwich Dennis Schroeder. But like I mean other like as a basketball good player, basketball good, players. I mean, player. and it's because their system. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic. I mean, here's the thing about the European system. It's futuristic. It's futuristic, but the physicality isn't compromised. You no, look, with a, with a shorter three-point zone and, and a little bit different rules in terms of goaltending, they have to be more physical. Yeah. They have to. And, and I mean, you look at Kristaps Porzingis. Stretch four, stretch five, if you ever saw one. If you dreamt up in a wet dream a stretch four or five, that's Kristaps Porzingis. If you dreamt up a offensive, a player that had Dirk's offensive game and was three or four inches taller... That's Chris Porzingis. Exactly, but with an off the dribble presence. You look at him play, and you don't see him. You don't see him getting bullied by anybody. You know, you do physically. He's I mean, you might. I mean, ready. it's just because. But he's not. He's, he's also not giving twenty up. years old. He's not giving up. You know, he's not. He's. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at your physical asset. You can't help that sometimes. You know, you can't help a, uh, uh, your physical size. You can't help your. Um, how young you are coming into the league, and especially when you're coming to the league at 19, 20, like Logan mentioned, I mean, you still have a lot of growing to do. I mean, I put on so much weight in my formative years of 18 to 22. I put on a lot of different kinds of weight, but we're not going to get into that. Um, so Chris, it, it's that they don't mind getting physical in the paint. They don't mind going after someone. If they get beaten physically, they get beaten physically. But with the AAU, everyone's just so concerned with style points and shooting from three and launching th- shit and i just feel like it's not steph curry's fault that this happened you know he is a gifted shooter but you have kids these days who just want to launch something from 30 feet thinking it's going to go in and it's just not because you're not steph curry you got to learn fundamental basketball and that's what these european coaches are teaching these kids at 14, 15. They are teaching him the things that college coaches try to to reinstill in players in the first year of college. Yeah. And unfortunately, you're still going to have some college coaches who say, you know what, fuck it, ignore ignore defense. Hell, West Virginia. Bobby Thuggins. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have coaches that do it, but the more successful coaches, Coach K, would, who is doing a one-and-done system of a pro system, is doing that. Um but I'm really, really curious to see how the NBA shapes out. The Western, the race for the Western Conference All-Star starters is going to be epic. Yeah, I think so. I but think so. I want to hear your prediction for the first four in the pecking order of the Western Conference and the first four in the pecking order for the Eastern Conference. All right. We did championships last year, but we're doing actual rankings this year as things begin to shape out and training camp started yesterday. Yeah. Or I, a preseason started yesterday. I think the... No brainer that's going to go into the All Star starters is Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Um, I think for the next six to seven years, until I'm proven otherwise, he's an All Star. Um, every year he manages to add something to his game because he has the best coaching in the league, and they are relentless and they don't let him relax. And he also doesn't want to relax. He has the right mentality. Kawhi Leonard's going in. Okay. Um, small forward or shooting guard? Small forward. Okay. 
Um, or I guess we uh, do front court, back court. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean now it's I think it's positionless almost, right? Right, so it's front like, court, back court. Yeah. Um, Kawhi. Kawhi. Um, I think it's tough to say Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook because Chris Paul's assist numbers are about to get inflated. His, you know, he's going to have a lot of stats that are inflated in a high tempo system. So in doing that, you would say that Chris Paul actually does better in Houston than James Harden in terms of voter perception. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't foresee James Harden uh, making it as, as, a a, as, a, as a starting guard. Yeah, okay. um, I don't see it. I think you um, think that a between in- between Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, well, Kevin Durant would go backcourt, right? But between Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, and the other point guards, and and you know, Russell, that, that, that go in Russell, and I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think James Harden goes in as a reserve. Okay. Um, I think Big Cat. You think Big Cat makes starter? I think he makes starter uh, because I don't see Draymond making starter, and that's the only reason. Okay. Um. I think Big Cat takes the Draymond spot. Um, who do I have? Two more backcourt? Or one more backcourt? You have... Well, so far, only you have uh, Kawhi and Big Cat named. Or you have uh, Chris Paul. Yeah. Kawhi and Big Cat. So you have one backcourt, one frontcourt. Left. Left. And okay. you're starting five of the West. Okay. I think... Um, I think the... The guy out of Portland, D. Lil, no, the, C. The, the big the big dude out of Portland. Oh, the one of the Latvian. Makes, yeah, makes a huge. I think that's Yusuf Nurkic, uh, because I think he's the one who went over from Denver to Portland. Yeah, right? he's Nurkic. Yeah, I think he makes a huge leap this year. Okay. Um, because I'm really loving the attitude of the Portland team. Yeah. With Terry almost, Stotts running, almost pretty running much, the crew. Not really him. More like Dame Lillard setting the tone, saying like, "I'm not going anywhere to win a ring." I think that is huge for team chemistry. I, I think that's huge for the fans to hear. Mm-hmm. you know. But I also think it's huge for team chemistry to hear, like, I'm happy with the team I have. I don't need to go anywhere. Um, so I'm going to have him there. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll put Dame Lillard as my, other, as my other guy because I think he's about to go off. Uh, defense be damned. I think he's just going to go off offensively. Interesting. So you have yeah. zero of the Oklahoma City Thunder in your starting five. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can't be friends. Anymore. I don't. I don't want that. But I don't think. I think. I don't think. Uh, I. I want. I want Russell to be there. But I think Chris Paul just has a. Uh, that first half of the season, I think he just turns more heads. Okay. That's well, it. I. I will grossly disagree. I think Russell actually yeah. gets a starting the starting nod this year. Yeah. Having been, the All Star MVP two years in a row. Yep. Runner up the third year. Yep. League MVP. Yep. With his new team in place, and he's yep. the floor general now, as opposed to the 44-point-a-game guy he is. Uh, I think that he is solidified in the starting five. I think he's a fan favorite who votes on the he starting five. He is a five. fan favorite, yeah. He is. I go Russell Westbrook's uh, starting shooting guard. I go Kawhi Leonard starting small forward. I go Kevin Durant uh, power forward. Okay. I go Big Cat. I agree with you on that. I think the Big Cat's going to really shine I with... Hope so. uh, I hope so. Especially with Jeff Teague and Jimmy Butler in the lineup. I think that he's actually going to shine more as a is a big man facilitator, much like a younger, better Marc Gasol. Um, and my starting point guard is actually going to be Steph Curry. I yeah. think that it's hard to beat the fans' vote in terms of Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, he's in Oakland. There's he's like, got international support, too. And I don't know if they vote. 
he or does. what their voting turnout is. But. And he probably has one vote at least from Stuff Curry or five votes from Stuff Curry, the <laughs> five-year-old uh, puff puffball. Yeah. Uh, my East is as follows: I've got Kyrie at the point guard in Boston. Okay. Um, I have. Dwayne Wade in Cleveland running the number two. No shit. Yeah, I think that he will actually garner vote. And I can't think of this as the last year's was DeMar DeRozan. I think that um, in Cleveland, playing with LeBron James, I think that uh, he'll get more votes. I think Dwayne Wade will be the small or shooting guard for the East. I think LeBron James will be the small forward. I don't know if that's really up for debate. Because we can also put Giannis as point forward. He will be the point forward, yeah. or or we can put him a small forward in LeBron at point at power, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then my center in 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 the beast of the East is got to go to Marc Gasol. I want okay. him to have a resurgent season. Mike Connolly's healthy. C. Parsons is healthy. Yeah. Um, that's my starting five for the East. Um, the point guard for me will be John Wall. Okay. Yeah, I think he had. Uh, Somehow under the radar season last year. I agree with you. Um, even though like you watch his just, I only I only saw like really one thing in the highlights. It was, it was his end to end speed. He's, was, sec- he's second fastest in the league after Russell. It was absolutely yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's because he's a little taller than Russell that it looked, uh, it looked more impressive. Longer legs. Yeah, I mean it was it was something to behold. Um, more I, finesse, less explosive. Yeah, I I really I actually really like John Wall and I like what he uh, the, the the tone he's been taking. His game is amazing. Yeah, and Scotty Brooks is finally utilizing him. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm gonna put him. Um, I'm not gonna have Kyrie in my starters, even though I think you know, just this is my desire is for him to not be there. That's uh, fine. Over, I, over John Wall. I go, again, I yeah. go with logic. You yeah. go with emotion. I, I think this is how this podcast goes. That's right, yeah. And I think um, LeBron's obviously in there. Giannis is obviously in there. Um, what, what position does Giannis play? It's anything. You An- can't anything. say point forward. Are you I'm not going to say power forward or small forward or shooting guard? Or I'll point put guard? him. I'll put him. I'll put Braun as power. Okay. And I'll him put Giannis small? as the small. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not really sure who this who's gonna who's gonna take the center. Um, you've got Horford, you got Hassan Whiteside down in Miami, you've got Dre Drummond up in good it's old not gonna be Michigan. it's not gonna be Drummond. it's just not Dre's uh, in a weird contract year. He's in that, but also it's just no one's watching Detroit. Yeah. Detroit's not your league pass team, you know? Yeah. You're not you're not Indeed. dedicating one of your five to Detroit, you're just not. So he's not gonna get a fan vote at all. Um Okay. Hassan Whiteside, if he does something similar to what Waiters did last year, okay, which is I'm going to take these 30 games and I'm just going to go wild. And if those 30 games happen to be, you know, the 30 before the All-Star break. Because that man, he has it. He has it. It's just he's got he's to stay healthy and he's got to do it. And he's got to just fucking wreck shop. Um, so I, I really hope I, I, I want to see him succeed because I kind of always been a fan of his low key. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's got those Dwight Howard shoulders. He's got massive shoulders. He does. He and I'm always, does. I'm always a fan of the dudes with massive shoulders. So I was a Dwight Howard fan before he came a, before he became a toxic presence in every locker room he's ever been in. Um, but so yeah. I have to I have to retract my uh, Marc Gasol being on the it's East. Chris Stapps. 
No, no, no. it's not. I'm going with because uh, Mark Sell is in the Western Conference. I was just kind of thinking spitball. Oh as yeah, you're on Memphis. Yeah. Um, I am going to go Joel Embiid of the 76ers. You as think my, he stays healthy? I think he stays healthy. I think he's I would a love starting. To see I think that. he's the starting center of the oh, that would Eastern so Conference All Stars. That would make me trust so happy. the process. That would make me so happy. Right here, Joel Embiid starting center. I. That you have no idea how happy that would make me. I'm just a little cynical about his health. That's write it, it down. It write would, it down right now. I will. I will take a shot. If All Star season, I will slap take shot? a shot on air. Not a slap shot. No, you don't get to slap me. I'm. I will take a shot of, uh, whatever whiskey Logan chooses. Oh, okay. All right. We have a we have a bet. Yeah. And if Joel Embiid is not the starter, I will not take a shot of whiskey. No. I I will have you uh drink the Carbach lemon beer on air. A Rattler. The Rattler. Yes. My, do I have to chug it? Or? No, you you will have to drink it and savor it. <sighs> yeah. Okay. On air. If if he doesn't make it, of course I'm rooting for Joel to make it. Um, well, you've heard it here on Reasonable Anger. We have a live bet of a shot of whiskey of my choosing versus a lemon rattler by Carbach. Which, Logan, that's the one beer you've turned down at my house. I, I, I have a motto in my life, don't ask, don't refuse, but that's been broken several, or not several, very seldom. Seldomly, yes. Yeah. Uh, one was for the r- lemon rattler by Carbach. Um, yeah. yeah, so, and finally, the one more thing I want to go through with the NBA is now that the landscape has changed, you have to tell me your top four in the West. My top four in the West? Yeah, seeding So, ones. number one, Golden State, until proven otherwise. Okay. Uh, number two, San Antonio. Until proven otherwise? Number two, San Antonio this year. Okay. I think every time San Antonio has a down-ish year, uh, Kawhi getting injured, whatever, anytime the team has something to be pissed about, which in the Spurs case is Greg Popovich being pissed at Trump, and he truly is. Which and and by the way, if you ever need a, if you ever need to watch someone who slams Trump in a certain way, Greg Popovich words it in maybe one of the most impressive ways ever. But number two is 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 Greg, is Greg Popovich in the Spurs with a with a healthy Kawhi Leonard on a revenge season. Number three, um, in the West, you have it's is it Houston, Minnesota, it's Houston's or my fourth. Houston's my fourth. I'm gonna put OKC as my third. Okay. Yeah. You're not um, getting yelled at today, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put OKC as my number three. Houston is number four because I I just don't know about a James Harden team. I'm sorry. I do not. And until Chris Paul runs him out of Houston with his intensity and his focus, I'm not sure that I can see them higher than four. Cool. I go uh, number one, the, uh, you know, this team out west. The Kevin Durant. Golden, Golden, Golden State for those of uh, who, who need help getting through that sentence so golden that, state's your number one number that's, two that's me um number two is the oklahoma city thunder uh the ratings have them only coming in at 51 wins i think they get to 56 okay um i think that they mesh around game 14 or 15 and run off a good streak of about 17 or 16 out of 20 um that solidifies them as number two because it takes the rockets at number three a little bit longer to get in place they with even with D'Antoni running the game at the you know mustacheless, I think that he's not ready to run a Chris Paul system. He wants Harden to run the point. Chris Paul be a shooting guard, and that's not how that game should be played. So I have them at three. I think it takes longer. I think they get to fifty three wins, maybe fifty four, 
Um, and I put the Spurs right there at 54, but they lose a uh, tiebreaker. Okay. I actually think the five team actually is going to be the Timberwolves. I think they reach 49 wins uh, under Thibodeau. I want it to be the Timberwolves. I'm just worried after last year's showing. Well, I think that uh, the difference now is that you shift Wiggins to the shooting forward, a small forward. Uh, you have Butler at the two. Yep. So that detracts Wiggins the, from the scoring aspect. His shooting numbers go up. His defense goes up. Uh, and Teague actually can run a scoring offense. Uh, with And then you have Gor- Gorgie Dang, Gorgie Dang yeah. uh, running the four. With Big Cat literally scoring 25 and 10 and yeah. 7. I'll um, wrap up. I mean, we can wrap up NBA with my top two desires for this season. And it is to see Joe Embiid healthy. Mm-hmm. And it is to see Tibbs succeed. I can agree with that. Those are my top two. And if you want to give a top two yourself, obviously, uh, you can do it other than OKC winning the title because we all know you want that. But other I than do that, want that. I, uh, I want to see Joel Embiid's Afro rival, um, that of uh, Dr. J. And I want to see uh, Ricky Rubio succeed under Quinn Snyder in Utah. Utah. All right. I think Ricky Quinn Snyder can coach, man. I, he can. I think he's been undervalued. He's got Rodney Hood at a small shooting guard now so yeah, hopefully Dante Exum steps up I think he'll be a great off the bench um quickly with the MLB I said last time we weren't going to address the baby bombers until they succeed well they are in the playoffs so root for them tomorrow night <laughs> the uh Tuesday night uh baby bombers Aaron Judge set the rookie record for home runs in a season by a rookie um Gary Sanchez still doesn't know how to block a ball but he can throw a runner out of second base um my world series prediction I'll put it down right now is the Cleveland Indians versus the um, Washington Nationals. I think Bryce comes back in game two of the NLDS and actually wins it all um, for him. I think Nationals go on the World Series, but I actually think that the trophy goes back to land. Uh, I don't want to underestimate uh, Francisco or Francisco Lindor and all those boys in Cleveland. So, so you think they have a, a Spurs-esque revenge run through the playoffs? I think they do. I think they yeah. do. Uh I don't want to say that because but the Yankees are in the playoffs, and I would be elated if they made it. If it was the Yankee Cubs, I would be elated. Thank you, Hamburger. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for you, but I really want uh, the Cleveland Indians to win, uh, and I want Bryce Harper to lose so that he comes to the Yankees in 2019. Plays right field for us. <laughs> All right. We'll move Judge to the left. Um, but, yeah, so that's my prediction. Um, on the books, but let's kind of talk about the NFL, and this will get us a little bit of a, a transitional yeah. phase. I just want to give a, a quick shout out to the Houston Astros, who won, um, who won, handily. they won their division, yeah, and they're doing really well. Um, their their pitching is looking good. They're you know Altuve and Correa are studs. Uh, at, at, as a Springer, as a yeah, we've had many a Springer dinger. Uh, there have been many. Yeah, so shout out to them, and and we'll we'll, we'll head to football now. Uh, America's. Well, uh, it's past time, but maybe not for long. So tell, tell me about that. Logan. Well, the let's NFL still it. does past time. Yeah. I will uh, agree with that. But let's talk about the first four weeks of the season where we have seen the emergence of the uh, the Rams from Los Angeles. Todd Gurley putting it together. It's- Todd Gurley putting it together. And uh, Jared Goff with all his Ryan Gosling like shining star. It's actually. funny when you get someone who can actually coach. Yeah, when for Jared Goff, he's only what eight years older than Jared Goff. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, Sean McVay actually coaching out in you know Las Vegas, Los beat, Angeles. Yeah, yeah, Las Vegas, so Los <laughs> Angeles, whatever it might be. But the uh, they beat the Dallas Cowboys this week, and Dak Prescott, who the offensive line is letting them down. 
They really are. Which We've is talked strange, about that man. Before. It's strange. The defense has always sucked, and Rod Marinelli better get it, better get them together. He's always had them outperform their expectations. This I is mean, true. say what you will about the Cowboys' defense, it is not Marinelli's fault. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette a little bit. Um, how he touchdown in every game. A touchdown every game, literally carrying it 20, 25 times a game, not hurt yet. Yeah. Um, being a good rookie, Dalvin Cook was looking good until he got hurt this yeah, weekend with an Achilles. Yep. Uh, Joe Mixon is uh, getting beaten like the uh, the defense is like he beat a woman back his freshman year. Yeah, fuck year. that, dude. Yeah. Um, then the other rookie quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, is still catching a fish out in the Bay of uh, Carolina. He hadn't yeah. gotten a lot of caught a lot of passes or caught a lot of uh, rushes. Yeah. Um, I think the big story from the NFL this year, though, is what happened in Week Three with. Um, an issued statement from the president of not the NFL but the United States saying that protests were in fact a disrespectful thing to the flag and you saw a big big response for the NFL Tarek yeah and um, what initially looked to be a a response that I would have looked upon positively uh, ended up being sort of sickening to be honest Um, so initially you see a lot of players standing up to Trump and owners seemingly standing up to Trump. And, and they, they might have stood up to Trump, but it, it, the reality is, and, and Logan, I'm going to let you explain this best, is that the, the, the true nature of Colin Kaepernick's protest was lost. I think, I think it was. Um... And that's a travesty, I think. I mean, you took Colin Kaepernick 14 months ago, by the way knelt during the anthem actually he was sitting during the anthem he spoke with a vet he um an nfl and u.s army veteran who prior to his decision yeah and 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 the that veteran told him i think it'd be more respectful if you knelt i support your protest um so colin kaepernick started kneeling during games and what happened in week three was you had players who players let's, let's proceed yeah short amounts um donald trump was down in alabama for a rally a campaign style rally where um for a losing candidate and we'll talk about that a little bit later but he was down for a losing candidate in alabama when unprovoked he sat there and said that any person kneeling in the nfl should be fired by the owners because they are disrespecting the flag and that any what did he call them though uh, sons of bitches. He called them sons of bitches. Um, that and and to me, it's it's what defines presidential conduct anymore. What what has ever? I mean, a president in modern day. Let's talk about you know the ones who are alive. Other than the current one. Well, I think I think we can sit there and say that Jimmy Carter probably is the most. Uh refined yeah of all of them yeah um that with no disrespect to barack obama but it was just a different time back when carter was a president um and carter's not long for this world being honest i I yeah no yeah um after that barack obama probably is the most refined yeah Uh, we can't sit there and say that billy is the most no he's not and he was not acting presidential and he took every you know he took every political hit and every personal attack on his character as he should have for his actions as he as you know? he damn well should have as um, he should have but the bush, two bushes bush, were bush, bush one and bush two were both presidential but in a way that i didn't see them as presidential 
Yeah, um, I mean, they I think were we, very... they were catering to a different audience than you and myself. But, but I mean, uh, even this, then, this even last then. one is not even close. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the matter of hand, which is the the ac- the ac- uh, the actions of the owners. I can't even talk. The actions of a lot of players and the, accusa- the actions of the NFL. The accusations that the players in the NFL are disrespecting the flag. So. What I'm going to do for Guitar real quick is simplify this scenario. Please. Down to the bare bones of what actually happened. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about people in, that are in kindergarten. We're talking about children, which is what okay. the president has been acting like. Yeah, he's a child. Recently. Absolutely. He truly and really is. Um, but let's just start with the premise that you have this kindergarten class and you give everybody candy and say, this is the best kindergarten class. We treat everybody equally. Everybody has candy. Um, and you do that every single day for a couple weeks. Yeah. And you, there's this one incident one day and two, you know, two couple students are acting out and the teacher goes over and talks to them and deems that one of the two children should be taken, have their candy taken away. You are, you are, you are in the wrong. You are lesser than your other person. You were, you're, you're not being yeah. right. I'm going to take your candy away. Yeah. Now. Let's have another student. Let's we want to call him Colin. We can call him Colin. Yeah, okay. let's call him Colin. Colin, we'll call him. That's that's a good name. I like it. Yeah, we'll call him Colin. Colin is good friends with the person who has candy taken away, and he sits there and says, "You know what? It's not right that my friend had his candy taken away by our teacher, by our authoritarian figure." Yeah. Um. So what I'm gonna do is next time that we have a stand up, heads down, like candy. You know, we're playing a game. You you played the game when you were young, when you would get to, uh, you had to stand up and you had to put your elbow over your eyes and like put your hand behind your back. And if somebody touched your fingers, you had to sit down quietly. And the first person, the last, and the first person to realize that this was going on had to run to the front. Do you ever play this game? We called it no. heads up. No. Okay. Well, let's say Colin, when you're playing, well, that's the way it went. So okay. like you, you stood up with your hand kind of dabbing. Yeah. And then put your hands behind <laughs> your back. Yeah. And it's a pre-dab. Pre-dab, um, yeah. But let's say during this activity, Colin sat at his desk with his hand over his eyes and his uh, hand behind his back. And uh, the teacher got mad. The other kids got mad and said, Colin, what are you doing? He said, I'm really, I'm upset. I don't want to play this game. My friend got his candy taken away. That's not okay. Well, So Colin's know, standing up for his classmate that... Yes, he's he's that he's was saying, that was treated sitting, wrongly. I'm sitting yeah. for him because he couldn't stand up for himself. Yeah, let's do the opposite. Um, and you know the teachers like you guys all sit down. We're not playing this game anymore. It doesn't matter. But at recess, this is a big deal. And you got the first graders, you got the pre-K kids, all these kids right around calling, being like, we're we're either supporting him or we're not supporting him. And you know everybody does their own thing during recess. Some people like sit while you're supposed to be playing, you know, wall ball. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm not playing wall ball. And the other people playing wall ball are like, that's cool. You guys are doing a great job not playing wall ball. I get what you're doing. You keep doing it. And the fans are like, or not the fans, the other kids are recess. The teachers. Let's say the teachers. The teachers. Or the other kids are like, wow, they're sitting. They're doing their own thing. That's great. Let's, let's, like, let's let them do that. I'm okay with this. But let's say then after that, President Trump comes in <laughs> and says, the person sitting is not obeying my presidential decree or my uh, presidential fitness challenge which to is just a, play yeah. yeah it's a time-honored tradition you got to run a mile you got to do like 40 sit-ups or push-ups yeah. or something like that yeah um he's saying t- the presidential fitness challenge is a time-honored decree and a tradition and you need to do that 
Um, if you don't do that, then you are unpatriotic and respecting the United States of America. Um, and sometimes, and like, because of that, all the children are like, these people sitting are not doing their rightful thing. And the people standing are like, these people sitting are just unpatriotic because they're disrespecting President Trumpy. Um, but all the meanwhile, we're forgetting what the actual first action stood for. Yeah. We're forgetting that Colin just was taking a seat because yeah. he his friend was incorrectly treated by the authoritarian figure. Yeah. And while all that's going on, Colin has transferred schools <laughs> and is currently being homeschooled because he can't get into a school that he really wants to go to. Yeah. That's my simplified version. We are literally doing two different actions now where we have the president of the United States issuing a statement about patriotism where people are standing or sitting for the national anthem in protest where soldiers have fought and died not for their right to stand for the flag for their fallen soldier but for their right to express themselves as individuals. Yeah. And conflating the fact that someone is standing up or sitting down for the national anthem for patriotism and for the soldiers of the United States with the fact that police brutality occurs in this nation when they are completely different issues only united by race and race alone is insane. It is it, it is enraging to me on a level that I cannot describe. I have never been so upset in my life than to read the analysis and to watch the commentary on these things. Um, I, it, it wasn't DACA. It wasn't his tweets on North Korea, which I actually have an active participation in. It was the fact that he conflated two separate issues as being equal and unique or, or uniquely related as opposed to uniquely alone. And that upset me dearly. Yeah. And, and let's just, you know, real quick, just to appease anybody who might be listening who's like, flag, flag, flag. Look, you know, you let let me tell you how many times you violate U.S. flag code, well, an let, egregious amount. Let's that that is fair. If you right? look, if you look at the code or federal code of regulations, which says how co- flag conduct should be taken into account, every single person in these in the United States violates that more times than they know what they're doing. If you've ever bought the yearly issued Old Navy flag shirt, you are violating the federal code of regulations. Yes. Yes. However, if you kneel for the national anthem, as long as you're, you are at attention in some way, shape, or form, yep. not military attention, yes. attention, yes. as defined by the Federal Code of Regulations, you are respecting the flag. Yeah. You can be respectful of what it stands for, but you are, you are still, you're, you can be disrespectful of what it stands for, how you think it's represented in your community, that's fine. You are respecting the flag. Go read the Federal Code of Regulations. Please. If you want to yell about it, please, please do. do that. Please do that and then burn every uh, American flag pair of, of, of swim trunks you have. You know, or you technically can't burn it. But burn, burn, stop. Well, let's say, let's say this. Uh, show your protest for the NFL. I'm okay with that. Burn the tickets you paid for. Burn the jersey you paid for. You're only benefiting the league that has supported players' right to live by the Constitution. Yep. Um, I'm okay with you burning that because in the same way when I was a young child supporting the Texas Longhorns, when someone put it upside down on a car, 
you support the school that my father went to. And I feel like you, you won. If you're doing that, you don't get that your financial stance, the real thing that matters in this country, doesn't matter. You don't get that advertising dollars, despite what was reported last week, went up. Yep. Viewership went down, advertising dollars went up. Yeah. Just like, it's it's just kind of ridiculous that we, we keep managing and, and we keep managing to, this is the last point I'll make on this because honestly, it, it, it's just, it, I could go on for days, but I won't. We keep whitewashing prominent black protests in society and forgetting that, what what they're truly about, you know? We forget that Muhammad Ali was out of boxing for three years because of his stances. We forget that Jackie Robinson was actually a civil rights figure. Now, exactly. he's an integration figure, which is not, from, from a white person's perspective, not a civil rights issue. It's more of a, if I'm being honest, a, a novelty. Um, it's that he was the first, from a white person's perspective, and it shouldn't be this way, we respect Jackie Robinson not as a trailblazer, which is what he should be. He should be respected as such, yes. He absolutely should be. But I think Jackie Robinson, from a white person's perspective, was the first integrated player and almost a novelty. When the entire league wore his number, there, the sales of jerseys went down. And that should be upsetting. Jackie Robinson was a man who should be revered in the rest of American history alongside Rosa Parks, yeah. alongside Dr. King, yep, alongside these people. Because at that time, baseball was the sport, the only sport Pretty that much, mattered. Yeah. It was the national pastime, and he was the first black person to ever play in Major League Baseball. Yeah. and, and Not, and he not took, ever, but like and in, he in took modern his, history, yeah. He took his... He took a risk. He took a, and he took a lot of abuse for it, you know? And, like, that's the thing is that we forget what these people go through. Like, Colin Kaepernick is not the first guy who is being held out of a job for taking a stand on something that we are going to look back on as he was on the right side of history. I, I believe that. And we, you know? we can debate for, and we have, Tark and I have debated yeah. whether or not Colin Kaepernick should have a job. Um from from a football perspective, in and my from opinion, a financial perspective that from you a financial me to. Yeah. business perspective, if you yeah. are an owner of a team, whether or not you want to sign him, I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick shouldn't have a job on you know civil rights activism or he shouldn't be a public speaker. I'm saying if you are an executive of a business, do you want to hire a person that can you know actually cause you financial downfall? Um. And I think we we came to an agreement where is, I believe right now he's looking for the veterans minimum, which is probably what he deserves to earn anyways, given his performance in recent years. And statistically, that is, um, while he signed a multi-million dollar contract and would still be owed that by a team that pays him for the next two or three years, um, owed a percentage Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. Um, if he sought league minimum and just came to me and said, hey, I want to play football again, I think yeah. he could beat out in actual camp maybe... At least half the backups, and I would say some starters. Well, I mean, I would I'm, say, I'm biased. I, like, I think it's systemly based, but yeah. I would say even even with that, I think he'd beat out 15 to 20% of backups in this league. I mean, do I want also, but like right now you have Jay Cutler starting and doing atrociously for Miami. This is true. Right? 
Like you have you have Scott Dolzine. Well, when and and, when, and, and and I get that there's systematic differences, but I'm talking about someone who can galvanize your team. And also, the well, other thing is that the 49ers also, remember, players remember that um, Scott Tolzien is not playing for the Colts. It is Jacoby Brissett. Oh, uh, right. And and Jacoby Brissett is all is doing okay. But Scott Tolzien was in there as a quarterback competition for a while. He was a starter in game one. Yeah. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, like. And then people say he's a distraction to the locker room. He was voted the best teammate on his 49ers squad. Right. Right. So I, I am here to listen about how this player may lose an owner some money. I will disagree with the morality of that owner, but I'm not going to disagree with the emotional or the, um, I'm sorry, the financial or business-minded perspective of it. I hear that. But for those saying he's a distraction, they're wrong. I mean, you don't get voted the best teammate in your locker room by being a distraction. I also think his last season, unfortunately, he had one of the worst coaches in the NFL in Chip Kelly. Uh, Chip Kelly could be could be a great coach if you had a college team structure like an NFL team. He I mean, sucked. In, he sucked that that year. Yeah, he did. Let's just talk about it. like he sucked. And we've seen with Jared Goff how much coaching matters. You took on a horrendous person and, and elevated to him at least average. The point is. Um, Cap should never have been vilified for doing what he was doing in the first place. Um, you have a large amount of veterans who have taken a stand for or taken a, a, a knee for him in solidarity with him. Um, you have some who haven't. Um, but the, the point is, is you can't paint with a broad brush and say all vets are against him because there have been a, a remarkable amount who have been for him. I agree with that. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, let's talk about two things real quick. I was talking earlier about teams financially, teams that could stomach Kaepernick. Um, there, uh, I went through all of the statistics on Colin Kaepernick, all of the— So we're speaking now from a purely financial and football perspective. Right, not we're in emotion. taking morals not in, and emotions correct. out of it. Okay. Um, there are two teams that I think he would fit in well with okay. after looking at their backup quarterback— looking about how they perform their offense and looking at the financial situation of the team. And there's two that I honestly think could do it. Uh, number one, and this is the obvious one, is the San Francisco 49ers, um, the team that released him. They are currently running Brian Hoyer as their number one, Blaine Gabbard's their number two. Um, they could benefit from Kaepernick, even if he's if he's a starter, I think they yeah. could compete. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other one being... The Carolina Panthers, and yep. being run by Cam Newton, who played great last week and beat the uh, the Tom Brady's, yep, the uh, the Robert Krafts of the world, who stood up against Trump. Props. Well, you can give him props, but I'm I'm gonna for, anytime for, anytime you say I'm disappointed or anything, I, I I see that as weak, and and for me, I well for somebody that uh, had voted given, for him, and well voted for him, him, gave him money, financial. Yeah, you know contributions to his campaign. Yeah. I think that was a big step. Give give him more credit than he's due. You 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 can give him the credit. I'm I'll, I'm okay. I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah, um, I can't. I'm but sorry. Yeah, their their backup quarterback is Derek Anderson, and I think that they could actually benefit from a 95 mile hour Kaepernick fastball, who's an insane athlete. Uh, those are really the only two teams that yeah. would benefit financially, play call wise, from Colin Kaepernick being on their team. As the backup or starting quarterback. No offense to Cap. That's just a business. And hey, and if you want, and if you want the analysis, I have it all um, in an actual a couple articles, as well as a spreadsheet that I built while I was trying to print dots at Los Alamos National Laboratory. 
Um, so I guess that what I want to say here is you, as someone who is capable of this, and I say that as only a, a compliment, you took morality and emotion out of this completely and still found two teams for him to be on. Two. Yes. And, and I'm saying, like, I, I personally believe that there are places where the system is run in a more pro style or like less of a mobile that he would still thrive in as an, as an athlete and as an, as a really good quarterback who's played in huge games and those teams might not have him. And that's me getting on the more emotional side. And I think that really, I think there are, there are 10 spots in the NFL where cap could fit from when you take a holistic approach. But even if you strip morals out of it and emotion out of it, Thanks to the analysis of the fine Logan Michael Scott, you have two teams that he still fits on. And so there's really no excuse for him not to be on a practice squad, which, you know, for you want athletes on your practice squad anyways. And I'm not sure that he would want to be there, but I'm just saying like the fact that there is not, and this is from his camp, there haven't even been offers made to him for league minimum or anything like that. And and well, that's upsetting to me. It well, just is. And, and just remember this, um, the much like... The the Cal Berkeley system is dealing with right now the financial cost of having a player like Colin Kaepernick on the sidelines from the incidentals, from the guarding him to and from the stadium. While that you don't like, I understand that that shouldn't be like most people should be like, yes, let's pay that from a business standpoint. That should be terrifying. Um, if you have Colin Kaepernick, let's say you put Colin Kaepernick on the Houston Texans, a re- relatively even-keeled city. Yeah, it's actually, it would probably be sort of supportive, even though their owner also, you know, donated a significant amount of money to Trump and and was in support. As of him. as as more more rich people did than they should have. Yeah. But um, let's say you put him on the Houston Texans. Um, I read an article the other day about the financial impact of that decision would be upwards in the 50 to $60 million a year. And for a player who's going to be a backup quarterback, um, that doesn't make sense. If you're doing a analysis on like, let's say, let's say you, you retract and you put like Case Keenum, Brandon Whedon in that position, yeah. your expenditures to put him in that position a year as backup quarterback is roughly three million from what you're feeding him, um, insurances, yeah, protection yeah, off yeah. the field. So to, if if uh, that that was my basis for this analysis, I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick isn't a good player. Um, I'm my I think my statistics um, would argue he's a marginal player, much like Vince Young was. But sometimes you have a winner. Vince Young actually is beating him in every statistical category. Uh, yeah. Go, and I think, a Texas and I think, thing, but and I really do um, think those statistics may or may not be skewed by some bad coaching that happened. I mean, you had Tom Sula coaching the 49ers for one year. You did, right? And you have Chip Kelly, who uh, that was a bad version of Chip Kelly. He also had Harbaugh, though. He had Harbaugh during Harbaugh, going, but going those, the, those yeah. statistics were good um, when he was with Harbaugh. But uh, right? what I'm saying is that from a financial standpoint not saying that cap didn't do wonderful things uh socially um from a financial standpoint if you're actually going to sit there and try and justify it it's a lot more difficult than it actually seems um and and i mean that's okay um and, and i'm and i appreciate that analysis i still think that there are some teams who may you know some teams who because he's not the only one kneeling during the year right I mean, there are other. He was teams the first, had, and he was, he the, was the first. He was the patriarch of the movement. Yeah, and but you have, you know, if you put him on a team where one other guy will do that, 
maybe that's mitigated a little bit. I'm not sure. I, I think there's, and maybe I'm, I'm just spitballing here at this point, but I, I really think there's a place for him in the NFL in some capacity as a quarterback. And, and I'm not sure that, I'm just not sure that that anything justifies this. And and what the NFL really needs from its from its very high profile players is for some of the some of the high profile players who do agree with Kaepernick privately to actually begin to speak up in a similar way. I mean, you have your Bennett brothers doing that, but they're not nearly high profile enough. I mean, unfortunately, what you need is Tom Brady to say, "I agree wholeheartedly with Colin Kaepernick." And well, he's not going to. And he 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 won't. He's been the benefactor of the system. Yeah. Um, but and also, you I, think, I think a big of, of a big thing stature. happened. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. You had a big thing happen this weekend with uh, Cam Newton actually scoring a touchdown and raising a fist in solidarity. Yeah. And I think that if you want a fate, if you want somebody that financially can redirect the brunt of things. Um, He's one of the two teams. He's on two teams that, I, that actually yeah. I think Cap could take. But um, Newton is a big enough profile player that if he took a stand, the management could not fire him. No, you can't fire that guy. And that's the thing. Um, uh, no matter how hurt he might be, um, he is a face of a franchise. And he is somebody who's not steered away from being vocal. And No, and he um, actually did come out and was and he said he, he respects Colin Kaepernick because he made the ultimate sacrifice. He did. He he was he fell on the sword. Yeah, he and fell on the liquid sword right there. The li- he did fall on the liquid sword. He did. Absolutely, liquid swords. And yeah, so that that I mean, moving on with, um, I think I think I think we've I think we've analysed a little bit of it. Um, yeah. but let's let's do um, one more thing with uh with with politics, and let's go to Puerto Rico as just a kind of uh, conciliatory. Uh, statement to our territory as the United States, um, our president, uh, Donald Trumpy, um, and let's get the movement going. Call him Donald Trumpy. Please call him Trumpy. Add the Y to the end. It makes him the child that he is. Yep. Um, has Hashtag Trumpy. Hashtag Trumpy has ridiculed Puerto Rico for their response in, in a time when they don't have, you know, electricity. Internet. Internet communication. Yeah. Uh, set just because he was challenged by someone who's living on the island, the mayor, the of, mayor San of San Juan. Yeah. Challenged by them, he came back at them inappropriately. Um, it's just not called for and not presidential. You own the debt of that country as a territory. Just please support the people of Puerto Rico. They are in dire need. Don't listen to what the president says. Listen to what the the actual people on the boots on the ground say. Things are getting better, but getting better from a shithole to a shit pile just means you're piling up the things that you don't want to deal with. Please, please, Puerto Rico's in dire need. It's uh it, donate the five ten dollars you can. I made a twenty dollar donation. I know I'm a grad student. To me, that's that's, that's a, a significant bit of a amount. Yeah, of the week. That's a significant please, amount. Please, please, Puerto Rico is a. It, it, and, listen and, to me. This is a part of our country, whether you like it or not. Yeah, they're American citizens. They uh, are. They have a representative, or, a non-voting representative. So yeah, and um, and and my my two cents are, um, look for look for who you're donating to. Um, especially, I know a lot of donations go into the Red Cross, but look for local local. Uh, service organizations Lo- local because churches, they are the ones local that, service organizations they're are the, the ones, ones that are that there on. already i mean like in haiti in 2010 the red cross got 
so many donations for all of three staffers on the place. So please look. So I know the first lady of Puerto Rico has a fund set up with a lot of sponsors, um, but look at hers. And then Bethany Frankel of the Real Housewives of New York is in Puerto Rico, I'm almost positive. And she is uh, she has her own fund set up. There's plenty of people who know who, where to donate. Just please um, look to where you donate. I donated to the first lady of Puerto Rico myself. And you can um, look. You can look at uh, any any resources that mainstream celebrities in Puerto Rico vouch for. Uh, Geraldo Rivera, who is a commentator in Fox News, yeah, his family still lives down there. He's set up a fund. Almost anything from Fox News is directly to Geraldo Rivera's um, his his links yeah. charity. So, and we have someone. Um, I can't remember the name of the player, but through the Players Tribune, he has put out a request. Uh, Tim Duncan for the U.S. Virgin Islands also got hit pretty bad through the Players Tribune. Put out a request. So, just keep your eye out and ignore the just ignore the jackass of a Trumpy that we have in the White House ignore who is it. insulting uh, the mayor of San Juan, who is on the ground in Puerto Rico in the sewage, waiting these, through shit. These people. These people have not had developed infrastructure since the 1970s um and that was all knocked out of place so they need our help more than houston more than the right keys now. i'm sitting here yeah. saying that the what they are dealing with is dire literally yeah. dire they Please. don't have drinking water they don't i mean things that that are that are just things that people need to survive in a shelter i mean shit but yeah um please uh please go please devote whatever you can to them and also in be, keep in your prayers the victims of the las vegas uh massacre um yeah this and is we will we will we might debate this at another point it it really is not something we want to deal with right now it happened this morning please for the families of that massacre say your prayers uh and keep them in your thoughts they uh they deserve it it's uh, something that no one could have ever asked for no one could have anticipated there's no gun lobby that can sit there and say that we support this we don't support this this is not about gun lobbies it's not about gun rights this right now is about a humanitarian crisis in that region of las yeah, vegas blood donations things like that i mean i think i think um over the course of the the 12 hours or so since they've been asking the blood donations have poured in and that and that's good so but just keep an eye out for what they need it, it's, and, a, it's a it's a really really dire situation um and that, when the time comes to participate in a political action that may or may not prevent things like this from happening please participate for yes. the love of fuck participate yes. because it is so important um be engaged in your political process in every yeah. capacity and i know it's been exhausting recently to be engaged but we need to keep an eye out on on, a, on all this shit that's going down. So, But yeah, but with that, uh, we're going to move along from the little bit of a sad, um, more serious note to our plugs. So, yeah. Uh, do you want to plug some? Liquid Swords! We're, we're not plugging Liquid Swords. Liquid Swords! Right. No. Album by the Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan. There's a meme. That, is, that, is that your plug? Like, that's my plug. Okay, good. Yes. I forgot about this album. I forgot about this song until a meme was flooding around of a baby in some something just leaning over into a mic and screaming, Liquid Swords! Ugh. And I've been doing this for the last two hours. My Un roommate, my friends, they're not, they're not fans, but keep the Liquid Swords hopping. Keep them pouring. Liquid Four Swords, Sardic. Liquid Four Swords. Yes. Liquid uh, Swords! 
Exactly. Uh, my plug actually is going to be, this is, uh, as, as our listeners know, we are not from the Undisclosed Bunker, and I'm glad to be back in Texas. My plug is for Whataburger Foods. Excellent choice. Um, I am really, really glad to be back in a state that knows how to make a cheeseburger. Um, nothing against New Mexico, but green chili is not a condiment. Um, it is nothing but a flavor profile that I don't agree with anyway. So Whataburger Foods, your breakfast is amazing. Your burgers are amazing. Uh, my typical order is a number five with cheese, jalapenos, no tomatoes. I do not get French fries, but I do get a Dr. Pepper because all things are good in Texas. Uh, Tarek, what's your anal plug? My anal plug is, uh, there's so much, there's so much, but my anal plug is basically the, 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 res- the, the responses of, actually no, fuck that. My anal plug is Twitter. My anal plug is Twitter because for for years we have been asking for an edit tweet button, an option to edit a tweet, and they come out with, hey, we're trying out this 280 character thing. No one asked for that. Everyone was okay with the 140 characters. Actually, that's what drew people to Twitter. We don't need to double that. What we wanted was an edit tweet button. Do you know how many times I had to delete a tweet and repost it just because of a small typo that made me sound like a moron? Twitter or Jack, get your fucking shit together. Edit tweet. That's all we've wanted. That's it. I've tweeted that at you. Blow it out your ass. What do you want, Logan? Um, so I was in Denver, Colorado. Um, as we both know that I love that town. Love, great town. Uh, great. Love, love the mountain Shout area. Um, I was up there recently and a couple of my friends that listen to this podcast are, um, they've gone vegan, which is, which is fine because, uh, I support their healthy life decisions if it doesn't affect me. But they told me about this thing that I can't get on board with and, uh, it's a substitute for bacon. I know, Tark, you've never really experienced never bacon. Really, I've never really partaken in the pleasures, no. But as a southern boy, who uh, that that's how most of my good old fried meals start, was with bacon grease. Yeah. I was really offended, and I really want to plug, only plug the fact that they thought the best substitute for bacon, these are people that used to eat meat, um, was carrot bacon. Nah, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. I'm carrot, sorry. Carrot bacon is a thin strip of bacon coated with a protein substitute that makes it fry and bup. A thin strip of carrot? Carrot. Okay. Carrot. That's just dumb, man. That's just yes. dumb. So no. I, w- I want to uh, anally plug carrot bacon for the week. Um, turkey bacon, you're going to be okay in my book. Because I like turkey bacon, man. I You just got to season it. That's the only thing with turkey bacon, but... Um, you know, for those who can who who choose to not fuck with swine and not partake in the pleasures of the scents. I mean, I've I've smelled bacon and trust me, I want to eat it. I want to eat it, but it's yeah. well, it's 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 amazing. But uh, on that note, uh, do you have a beer of the week, real quick? I do. Um, we've we've had a lot of good beers, and there will continue to be a lot of beers. But I uh, had a beer like amazing experience um, this last week. I got to go to Casey Brewing Company which is uh, 2015 GBAF, best brewery of the year. Um, got to go to Peter Bruker, the guy who started Sours in the United States. Got no to go shit. to his brewery opening. And I sat back and blended beers with his associate brewer for an hour. Very cool. Um, one it's of like which made the, for you. It, it literally is worse than that because yeah. <laughs> uh, this is like being in the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. 
Um, I sat back and blended beers with uh, Peter Brukert's uh, co-owner, Zach. Uh, shout out to Zach and Laura but uh, and Purpose Brewing. But my beer of the... Uh, beer of the week is actually from Odell. I was up in that region, wow. and, and they made a huckleberry sour. Okay, and it was amazingly done. Uh, that's the brew of the week, uh, the beer of the week. And when I was drinking that, I got absorbed to a bachelor and bachelorette party at Odell. This was uh, Logan's Adventure Weekend. Yeah, and you should all direct message me for the story. It was uh, <laughs> a unique experience. Uh, uh, Verboten Brewery, I will never go back to you even though I loved all your beers. Your brewer is a dick. Truly a dick. Truly a dick. Um, but yeah, that's my beer of the week is the Huckleberry Sour, the Cellar Louise from Odell. Cool. Dark, who's the cock meat sandwich of the week? There's so many. There's so many. But I like I, recently I've really disliked this Steve Mnuchin character. Steve Mnuchin? Yeah. He uh, he struggles to speak. He does. Uh, with in a normal way, uh, like he, he he you could see all of his teeth while he's speaking, and that's like not the what Cheshire makes me. Cat. Yeah, and that's not what makes me hate him. He just fucking look at like five seconds of video for him, and that dude sucks. He just sucks. I hate him. Cockmeat sandwich of the week. Fuck you, bro. Your Yale classmates are telling you that you're do you're fucking up. Your Yale classmates are telling you you're fucking up, so leave. Just fucking step down. Well, really, time. Anytime you have an M and an N right next to each other, except for him and Solemn, you're really fucking up. Yeah, fuck that dude. Those are both cool things. Clearly, he's not a cool thing. he takes it from Satan. So he, yeah, he's he, a cock meat, cock meat uh, thing. sandwich. Yes, and. I think it's time to celebrate logan i think if you we do, need we really we need to. really need to fucking celebrate please do the honors uh we're we're gonna celebrate in a very let's remind our tone. viewers of uh, our, our listeners of what that is, is so celebrating is where we read read a share tweet we we, how we close our show we looked for kanye fidence early but he hasn't been uh he's been being a dad lately and uh you know i just he his tweets have not been as good but share really puts it in perspective with what's going on in las vegas right right now and she says Oh, Lord. Woke up to Vegas Massacre. My heart goes out to the relatives, to the friends of the wounded, the departed. Music is meant to bring joy. So sorry, sad emoji. Uh, and we're so sorry that that happened. We're so sorry that, um, you know, you guys had to experience that with us this week. But we do want to end the show with a major new announcement that we're going to be doing. Let's do it. Um, recently, we have been in talks and we will partner with a a we wanted to do this thing that gave back yes we really want our listeners to give back and to be a part of something that gives back with us so we are going to be partnering with a cause called 50 bills in 50 states um run by a man by the name of sam Britton. um but it is a organization that pushes against conversion therapy in children of of homosexual children what that means is that in many, many states in this country, to my uh, looking this up before we came on, to 24 states in this country, there has never been a motion of against conversion therapy, which basically means a motion against... Electrocuting um, the gay away. Yes. Um, which is fucking a, horrifying. Yes. Um, from every single scientific standpoint, doesn't make sense. We will be partnering with 50 Bills, 50 States for the next three weeks as a fundraiser campaign. From myself and Tarek's standpoint, what that means is that for every, starting right now at uh, Monday night at 10 o'clock to Central Time. Central Time. 
to the 21st of October whenever we get money in. For every like we get on Facebook, for every new follower we, we, that we get on Twitter, Tarek and myself will, will personally donate a dollar for every person that comes on. We, we pledge to raise. Pledge to, well, yeah, pledge yeah. to raise or, or donate yeah. myself. We don't we'll do be donating writing. ourselves as well, but I mean... You, you guys, you guys are great, but open your pocketbooks. Um, we will pledge to raise or donate a dollar for every single like or a, a follow we get on Facebook and follow we get on Twitter. Yes. Um, to this cause. So spread our cause. This will be going to him. Um, but also, starting at, let's see, we'll do noon on Wednesday of this week. Okay. We will be opening our Facebook and our Twitter to proposed dares we are doing a dare campaign where if you dare us that if you raise you personally listen amount of money x amount of money and it's accepted we will do your dare now if you sit there and say that hey i dare logan and Tarek to post a video of them doing illicit acts to each other we will not agree to that yes if you sit there and say michigan bros we will pledge five thousand dollars for one of the two of you to get a tattoo somewhere, one of us might agree to that. Yes. But you can also propose anything. At one point, I had my armpit waxed for $500, and I am going to go down from that. So please get involved. We want to get this bi- this out. They are doing their big fundraiser push from October 14th to October 27th, and we will be doing live events all week with what we do. So get excited for that. Get excited to be involved with that. Post, comment, share, do what you have to do. Email us. I mean, fucking just get in contact with us, really. really? And we'll be posting links on Facebook, Twitter, We SoundCloud, will be blowing all, all of you up. We're really excited about yeah. this. Sam Britton, uh, the guy that organized it, has been great. So go donate to them. Donate to our cause in dealing with them. Um, we're really excited for this partnership, and Sam is as well. So we think that you should be too. With that, we're going to close it out. Um, Remember, 50 Bills, 50 States, at Reasonable Anger on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we hope to see you next week and look for everything from us going forward. We are so excited to be back, so excited to uh, be in the new studio, uh, and we're so excited for you to enjoy it. Thank you very much, and have a good night.